Well, for further analysis on what's playing itself out on the market scene, I'm joined by Barry Duma from Tribe Investment SA. Thank you so much for your time, Barry. Let's actually start off with China. I'm actually even surprised that the JSC is uh, in the green, considering that we did get a kind of a negative trading session from those Asian markets. Of course, we do have a stimulus still falling short of analyst expectations. Um, China deciding to slash that uh, one-year lending rate by 10 basis points, keeping the five-year unchanged, of course, markets expecting 15 basis point uh, slash on uh, both of those. Our worries starting to creep in because, of course, we've been getting this negative uh, economic data, but also stimulus that is not up to expectations. Are we starting to get worries maybe creeping in that China might not reach its target for GDP growth for the year? Hi, everyone. Thank you very much for having me. And yes, what a pleasant surprise and welcome uh, green on the screens uh, today across the markets, uh, mainly driven by the uh, positive earnings out of the energy and healthcare sector across Europe. That's mainly driving this uh, upper trajectory in the current markets currently. Mm. Um, like you guys previously said, the uh, JSC all is up close to a percent. The uh, RAND is trading below that uh, psychological 19 RAND uh, level. But ultimately, everything is still very much data dependent across all these central banking regions. Um, Asia, definitely, and China, the economic data coming from there, definitely a focal point. The uh, rate cuts this morning, very unexpected, um, but definitely we're keeping a keen eye on further developments uh, across the Asian region. Yeah. And I mean, on that, do you think that China might actually reach that target or not this year? Well, it's very difficult to say. Um, obviously, we're always optimistic to see um, some positives filtering through to the uh, Asian markets, especially China, which will filter through to the global economy. But very much the uh, Chinese economic, 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 sorry, the <laughs> Chinese economy is very much under pressure of late. Mm -hmm. um, we've seen the housing market definitely seeing a lot of pressure filtering through there. So uh, we remain cautiously optimistic, but uh, let's wait and see. You know, we might get an upside surprise by the end of the year. Well, let's hope because we have about four months left in the year. So let's hope that the Chinese authority are cooking. Uh, the, the Chinese authorities are cooking up something on that front. Of course, something that is also keeping the market on edge as much as we are seeing positive sentiment today. Uh, but for the long term, it has been, you know, as you mentioned, uh, central bank moves. And on that note, we do have the Fed uh, starting its uh, Jackson Hole Symposium on Thursday with Fed Chair Jerome Powell due to speak on Friday. What are you expecting out of that? Well, yes, it's very busy week for economic economic data points. Um, so Jackson Hole definitely one of the major focal points uh, for the week. Um, and if Jerome Powell definitely drops a couple of hints, uh, then we do expect markets to react off of the back of that. But ultimately, Jackson Hole is a very interesting symposium where the central bankers and the Fed officials definitely try and drop subtle hints on their policy trajectories moving forward for the rest of the year. So I'm pretty sure everyone will be very much fixated on Powell's every, every word on, on Friday. 
Uh, indeed. Well, something else that we have been fixated on today is some of the company news that have come out of the JSC. So let's actually start off with Tungela. So that company came out with interim results. Uh, profit com- profits coming in at uh, just less than a third of what it was last year in the same prior period. That dividend is down as well. And the miners also res- uh, revised down its guidance for export saleable production. But that share price is over uh, up over 3%. Uh, so just talk to me about those headwinds, but also what markets are holding on to there that the share price is up on the day. You know, I think it's really much uh, off of the back of this Euro Energy session filtering mm. through to the local market currently. Um, but yet again, Tugela was and has been uh, the darling of the retail investor. Um, so I think all hopes are still clinging on to some upward movement momentum in the share price. Um, but currently, as expected, I mean, the, uh, the, the railways are definitely hampering their um, optimism moving forward. I mean, we saw those revenue numbers down quite significantly. I mean, profit as well, lower by 69%. I mean, that's quite significant if you think about it. Um, but yet again, the forward guidance looks a bit um, optimistic, if I would put it that way. I mean, if you look at the coal market, really m- remains structurally sound at this point in time. Um, and really, Tungela is really focusing on building their own type of export marketing capabilities. So that might be a positive for the retail investor as well, moving forward for the rest of the year. Well, what do you make of the current dividend? Because there has been a significant slashing of it. And I mean, Tungela has been seen as the darling of the JSC because of, of it being a dividend payer. So what are you thinking of where the dividend is at this point? So, yeah, I mean, obviously that's dependent on the revenue and all of that. But mm-hmm. um, I think they are keeping keeping it a bit close, keeping funds and flow um, close to home, rather expanding that to other avenues um, of development. But at least they are still paying a dividend, so which is obviously an optimistic thing for investors across the board. Mm-hmm. So I think it's a, it's a, something that might increase in the future as these um, short-term macroeconomic headwinds start to play out and we see some positives across uh, those regions as well. So we, we remain optimistic, um, but let's see what happens. You know, that a lot can change within a day. Exactly, exactly. I hear you on that point. Well, let's go on to uh, private education uh, group, Kiro. They came out with their interim results as well today. And as you looked at, uh, you know, the growth in their financial metrics from the top to the bottom line, it was actually quite encouraging because you kind of saw a fattening of growth as you went down to that bottom line. So revenue up uh, by uh, 16%, core profit up 21%, recurring headline earnings up 36%. What can you say about this report card? Yeah, quite an interesting report card considering where Kiro um, has been trading over the last couple of years. But I mean, this is really a testament to positive earnings coming through, um, really a testament to the poor public uh, sector educational environment that uh, the country finds itself in. I think we can see more uh, flows and more um, learner increases um, as time goes on, and uh, which, which this uh, earnings report actually showed. I mean, a learner increased um, about 3%, if I'm not mistaken. Mm. Um, so that's really a testament that the public sector is 
definitely um, looking for alternatives when it comes to education uh, in the country. And I mean, the, the, the Kuro share price is currently trading at attractive levels. So, I mean, we might see some more flow and some more volume uh, driving the share price a little bit higher from, from these levels. All right. Well, Barry, before we get to your stock pick, let's reflect on some of the counters that have found favor with your industry peers. My pick today is Rhodes Food Group because it's being sold off in sympathy. But what happened at Lipstar has absolutely nothing to do with Rhodes Food Group. And Rhodes will probably benefit from a weaker rand. And they're exposed more to kind of the staples side of the grocery basket. So, um, yeah, I think that they're doing really great things. Their last results were really strong. And I think the, the entry point now on the back of this little blip from Lipstar um, really offers opportunity. So I've gone with Standard Bank. Um, the reason why I've gone with Standard Bank, firstly, it is the biggest land lender in South Africa, in Africa at large. Um, their earnings, I think, earnings grew there by t about 29%. Their share price year to date is up by 20%. They've been performing quite well. Um, and what is interesting about Standard Bank for me really is that. Yes, we are suffering in terms of interest rates from a consumer level. So they are seeing a lot, a lot of impairments on their loans, like all the other banks in the country, right? However, their business and their franchise business at large in Africa is really what's, you know, driving a lot of that growth. And it's really, you know, helping it defend against, you know, the local issues that we're facing. As much as, you know, the interest rates are leading to them having, you know, increased cash on their balance sheet, um, it goes back to, you know, the discussion we had earlier, how long or how long can the consumer last in this environment before everything implodes for the consumer, which as a knock-on effect will be for our retail banks and the like. So, you know, the African expansion, the African, expo um, um, the African exposure is really doing well for them. Right, keen to get your insights on those picks, uh, Barry. Quite interesting ones because you look at RFG and nothing really happened on Friday. It's just that Lipstar came out with its trading update and it, it's experiencing headwinds there. And then RFG just went along with the tide and was under pressure on Friday. And then Standard Bank also coming out with results uh, last week. And you're actually seeing that in terms of the bottom line, it's doing better than the other banks. And even in terms of that credit impairment charge growth, it was less than what other banks had experienced. So just keep to get your thoughts on those two counters. Yes, um, I mean, if we look at Standard Bank, definitely the uh, SA banking uh, sector remains really resilient despite the mounting macroeconomic pressures. And even though we have those conflicting earnings from Standard Bank, and I think it was APSA, APSA Net Bank as well, I mean, Standard Bank really looks good from, from the current levels that it's trading at. Um, revenues increased like 29%, but yes, definitely the Africa expansion, that's where it's currently at for Standard Bank. I mean, uh, the African countries contributed, I think, like roughly 44% to the headline earnings. Mm. Um, I mean, and they're even looking for more opportunities to expand uh, throughout Africa. So I think definitely from a banking perspective, um, Standard Bank really looks attractive from these current levels. Ah, all right. And RFG, how are you feeling about those uh, food producer groups at this point? Yes, that was quite an interesting uh, set of uh, results uh, from RFG. I mean, they're really um, impressed considering the macroeconomic environment. I mean, revenues were up 10%. 
Um, operating profits increased 43%. Um, internationals were up as well. And that definitely, for moving forward, could definitely uh, be more of a driver, seeing as a weaker RAND could start to contribute to the upside internationally as well. So I must be honest, I think RFG also really looks attractive from these levels. And I mean, it's it's very uh, cost-effective and cheap considering uh, where everything is trading at now. I mean, that's the thing, because uh, there's been a lot of nervousness when it comes to food producers, particularly in this high inflationary environment where consumers are under pressure. Uh, under pressure. So would you say that RFB is maybe one of the better placed food producers in that complex? Listen, I think currently it looks very attractive. So I would definitely say out of the basket yeah. of uh, food retailers definitely they are looking attractive at these current trading levels ah, all right well let's get to your stock pick for today barry what will it be so currently we're looking uh, in the uh, small cap sector and ital tile is definitely one that is grabbing our attention more so due to the uh, environment and the current situation that it finds itself in um, and that's more contributed to the um, I would say the construction side of things and definitely uh, the way the government plays a role in uh, trying to curb these construction mafias I see obviously that was our topic of discussion through the um, earlier in the year uh, it's been a topic of discussion of late as well with those um, hotlines being introduced. So, I mean, for these home improvement construction type businesses like Itatal, I mean, those are things that are, besides the macroeconomic environment it trades in, those are things that add on to to the pressures of, of the share price as well. Um, I mean, the share price might be forming a base uh, which we hope at these current 12 rand a share levels. And if we see more volume filtering through, then this could be in a very attractive long-term play if these um, macroeconomic situations start to play out and see as positives uh, for this sector. But, I mean, we also need to see uh, clear measurements from the, the right rate hiking, hiking cycle to um, start nearing an end um, across the globe as well. So there's a lot of long-term things that we're looking at currently for Italtal. But out of this uh, home improvement um, sort of companies, it really looks attractive at these lower levels. Ah, all right. Well, thank you so much for your time and for your insights on what has been driving the market so far in today's trading session. Barry, uh, that was your midday market update with Barry Duma from Tribe Investment SA.